0: From the Orange County Fire Authority, this is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host. Uh, welcome to the second podcast of 2021. My name is Kenny Dossey. I'm the Deputy Chief, Emergency Operations Bureau. Uh, we're going to continue to communicate with you guys this way. We think this is going to be effective. And we kind of treat it almost like a station visitation. Uh, Today I've got Assistant Chief of Field Operations, Phil Johnson, as promised. Um, So we'll be talking to Phil here in a second. So the things we're gonna cover today, we'll be talking about the Bond Silverado fire and also the Grundy incident, which was the mud and debris flow, the uh, IMT team activation for the COVID vaccines, which started at the beginning of the year, Uh, the Firefighter Paramedic Academy 53, the UTV Orange County Fire took delivery of. We'll get in the weeds with the Wildland Strike Team in-county and out-of-county SOP. We'll cover some quick updates, and we'll end with a health and safety message with our new particulate flash hoods. Without any further ado, I'll go ahead and uh, welcome Phil to the podcast. Um, Phil, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of the old Fire Station
1: 101 oral interview question. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for having me today. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and be a part of the podcast. Um, I came to you, uh, or I came into the fire service back in 1986 as a uh, paid call firefighter through, uh, through CAL FIRE. And I also worked as a seasonal firefighter down in San Diego County as well. Uh, I started uh, with Vista Fire Department in 1990. I came into there as a uh, medic, uh, firefighter, and also worked as well as a, uh, a move-up uh, engineer and captain. I also worked as a, a part-time dispatcher for, at the time it was Rancho Fire. Uh, now it's uh, Northcom. I did that for 10 years, until uh, 2001, until I came up to OCFA. I progressed through the ranks as a, a firefighter paramedic, captain paramedic, battalion chief, a division chief, and now the assistant chief of operations. Uh, in those years, I've held uh, staff positions in strategic services when that was around, and two stints in the emergency command center. Some of the other programs that I've been able to be a part of here is the uh, Explorer program, Chaplains, and Reserve programs. Learned a lot through that, uh, and some of my extracurricular uh, fire department things that I do, as you may notice by some of the emails that I send out from time to time, I am one of the directors for the uh, Southern California Association of Foresters and Fire Wardens. It's been a, uh, an organization that's been around since 1929, and I'm very glad to be a part of that, and that serves the, uh, uh, the tailboard wildland firefighter. Uh, until recently, until my promotion, I was uh, one of the operations section chiefs on one of our uh, incident management teams here in Orange County. I'm also part of the cadre for S290 and S390. Uh, some of my uh, off duty interests, I d- actually do have off duty time. Uh, I do like to turn wrenches. Uh, I'm kind of a uh, car mechanic hack. I've got a 68 Chevelle at home and I do enjoy working on that all the time. Uh, I've been a private pilot for 21 years and also a drummer. So, those, uh, between those, they keep me busy. Um, I also live in the uh, city of Yorbalinda with my wife and my two daughters and that's me up to now.
0: That's great. I, I didn't know you were a drummer. I, I learned something here today. <laughs> so um, I think uh, a pertinent question for you and probably what the audience wants to hear is um, kind of a review of your expectations as the uh, Assistant Chief of Ops.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Um, as you noticed, uh, I'm sure you noticed, uh, I, was, uh, I got that out in a memo a couple of weeks ago and I've got five basic points that, uh, that, my, uh, that cover my intent for uh, the operations of or- Orange County Fire. The first one is ensuring the safety and the well-being of our members through training and wellness programs. And with, through training, uh, I believe that we'll always increase our ability to safely handle all kinds of situations. Uh, as we all know, we do have to know a little bit about everything and what everybody does, so we are able to take care of our public and do so safely. The other part of that is our wellness programs and not only taking care of our public through training but our wellness programs is so we can take care of ourselves so we can keep taking care of the public one of the other things uh, that i that are very important to me is to improve our operational readiness and that's our readiness to get out the door whenever the alarm goes off and it's having that readiness of response all the time during the shift to get to that door as fast as possible. Our uh, our time is made up uh, by getting out of the station fast. It's not so much driving fast, it's getting out of the station fast. And the things that we always love to hear from the public when we show up is, wow, you really got here fast. Uh, that's always been a good thing for us. One of the other things that uh, I really want us to keep uh, keep our sights, on, sights in, on is constantly communicate throughout all the ranks through the chain of command upward downward and across uh, as well as our internal customers and our external customers and what i mean by that is our internal customers are throughout the fire station that you're in now to the battalions and through all the sections as well uh, within the ocfa and of course our external customer being the public the one that we are sworn to serve and through this This keeps us all in the loop. Uh, It keeps it to where there's no surprises. It definitely keeps the rumors down, and it also keeps information flowing to the public, whether we're having a direct conversation with them or even through our public information office uh, where we are able to get that information out to everybody, depending on what it is, whether it's something about an emergency or educational. One of my other intents is to provide excellent service delivery through training and education, once again, to our external and internal customers. Let's face it, when people call for us, the people they want jumping out of that engine quickly is rocket science, rocket scientist Olympians. They want us to be able to handle all of their stuff uh, perfectly every time, and of course, they wanted us there before they even made the phone call. And the other part is they want us to be nice while we're doing it. Uh, That is all about customer service, and those are the things that we expect when we're out there uh, needing customer service with whatever we're doing. And last part is encourage and enable employee development through classes and programs so you can be the best you can be. When When you're at work, if you're the best you can be, then the public gets served the best they can be. And through that, we do have classes that are offered all throughout the year at OCFA for all to attend. And we also do uh, support uh, people going to external classes as well. We make those, that information available as well. My, um, my biggest mantra, and those of you that have had the chance to work with me, is there's a couple of things that I gauge my decisions on and I I want you to do the same thing too. And it's within the parameters of our SOPs or general orders and the OCFA way, as well as our mission, vision and values, is that ask yourself two things. Is it the right thing to do? And does it make sense? That's really important. And if you can answer yes to both of those, then act within those parameters. And there are times where you might have to go outside the envelope a little bit and uh, make those decisions. And that's where we, are, where we fall in line with our uh, mission, mission-centered uh, culture. Because with those, we, we're able to think on the fly. We're able to work with, within parameters and outside of those. That's the magic of being a firefighter. And just remember, all of us are working for the patch in our left sleeve, not the one on our uh, right chest. The one on our left sleeve is the one that represents the public, and it—the uh, it, public—is the one we all swore an oath to to serve. The one on our pa- the patch on our chest, we don't want to work for that, but we want to take care of that, so we can continue working for the public and provide uh, the best service we can in a safe and nice manner.
0: Excellent, Phil. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. really good job um you mind sticking around and we'll go through these uh, topics maybe uh, together uh i'll kick it off and we can go back and forth
1: i would love to thank you okay
0: so um let's start with uh our after actions um i've got a couple of them here i named already the bond and the silverado and the grundy which is the the mud and debris flow but let's talk a little bit about why we do aars to start with um an aar is about uh, getting better. It's about evaluating what we do. And I think most of us can attest to that if, if you do something, you always can probably do it better the next time. So that's kind of what the AAR is about. It's about um, celebrating our good points, but at the same time, um, not being afraid to say, hey, if I had to do this again, this is something I would have probably done different. So not only are you learning from it, but the individuals around you, your peers, obviously, are learning, and, and, and the younger generation, the people that are going to be sitting in our seats. So um, I, I believe AARs are, are super important, and I think um, we need to not be afraid when we go to an AAR to say what went well, but really what's more important is what didn't go well and how can we improve the next time. Absolutely. So with that being said, um, I'll talk about a few um, successes uh, briefly um, from, those, from those incidents. And this is just overall. It's not one incident. Uh, it's just all of them combined. Um, and one of the biggest things is uh, for success was minimal structures were lost. That was phenomenally uh, unbelievable compared to those same type fires, those same type of areas that we've had in the past. Um, I already told you the story about uh, 1401 Charlie on the first uh, podcast. Uh, what a great job they did. And I'm sure there's tons of other stories out there. So there's lots of good things that happened with our individuals um, doing their job, kind of like you said in your intent, the way we're supposed to do with a little bit of leadway. And then, and then one thing I really want to uh, stress is, is the response uh, from the firefighters that were off duty. They came back in when the fires hit and uh, either went to the fire or um, jumped on a seat at the fire stations and helped cover our own dirt. It was a phenomenal response for individuals to get involved and, and come back. Um, Phil, did, did you have anything for...
1: Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to add uh, the, the big three fires that we had uh, last year uh, between Bond, Silverado, and... Um, Grundy and Grundy, uh, and so with all that, Ellen Blue Ridge—that's the other one I was trying to think of. Uh, with all of those incidents, I was the director of the uh, DOC, and as you all well know, the DOC is there to support an incident; it's not to run it. It's to get the incident their uh, their resource needs fulfilled, and then to fulfill the needs in the fire stations behind those resources that have gone out to the incident. And one of the things that I'm really proud of of all of you out in the field is that part of getting those resources backfilled is getting the firefighters back in. The alert OC went out, and in no time, we filled back in behind 60 pieces of apparatus within hours. Um, and I've got to really commend all of you out there for doing that. That's what makes this whole thing work. There's basically the initial response. And then there's the response that comes in behind the response, and that is all of you coming in from home and raising your hand, saying, "I'm going to come in and work and help out." So thank you so much for doing that. It made this very successful.
0: Good. And then you know, what would it be if we didn't point out some some things overall that we can improve on? And and you kind of hit it uh, when you said everybody came back to work and and jumped on the fire engines, and and from the DOC point a view or or even from my point of view it's just like make that happen but the staffing program that we have in place made it pretty difficult for the individuals that were trying to hire and do the the manpower that was going on at 22. so we've looked into some of that we're going to try to make some changes to make it easier for them they did a phenomenal job but at the same time we think that we can improve the flow for them in the classroom um, updates to maybe the computer program so there's something that we need to improve on And hand in hand with that, the vehicle numbering system that I talked about at the last podcast, I think will help uh, everybody uh, smoothly uh, transition. And that SOP should be coming out here pretty quick. I I was told by today, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, Something else we can improve on is the strike team configurations. I mean, we have our three type one strike teams, and they're all pre-designated with 100 series behind them. And when it, when it came time to pull the uh, trigger, we didn't send um, those strike teams in those configurations for one reason or no- another. And, and sometimes there's, lo- you know, logistical reasons or there's a reason why. But I think if we can try to pull those, because then we've got those 100 series engines sitting right behind. And then evacuations worked pretty well because we'd happened to have that meeting about two weeks prior. Chief Contreras had set up with the sheriffs. But the repopulation piece, which is not really our piece, but we are involved because there's a fire, um, we need to we need to train a little bit more with uh, the sheriff and with p d so uh, we're better at that. so from me, those were a few things. is Is there anything you've got, phil?
1: Yeah, there's you know speaking of after action. Um with, with after actions they' they're no good unless you you carry those lessons forward and use them on something that is that is coming out uh, in the future And I'd like to point out an example of how a prior AAR was used that helped us with this last fire season. Uh, those of you can remember the uh, 2008 freeway fire one of the big problems that happened then was, We didn't uh, fill the robust OCFA response when that fire had happened. It was crazy conditions. It was a a wild Santa Ana tearing through neighborhoods, through multiple cities. And um, there just wasn't enough help uh, coming quick enough. And one of the problems was there was a bunch of uh, resources that were left down in South County. None of those were touched. Uh, But we drained out the North County and then we relied on out-of-county resources. So one of the AARs from that was to basically dump out everything and to activate the ramp plan. And that's basically the plan for the county or OCFA to to hit a level of drawdown so we can push as many uh, resources into whatever the incident is. So we did that. Fast forward to this last fire season. We had no hesitation in draining down the county to the particular acceptable levels that were, that were set up in the ramp plan, which gave us a more robust response as well as being able to handle the issues uh, with the day-to-day calls that were still going on all around the county. So once again, that's an AAR in action. We brought that forward, and once again, we've, we've done an AAR with these last fires, and we'll bring those forward too.
0: Yeah, really good point with the uh, with the ramp plan. That's that's good. All right, we'll jump on on forward here, and and I'll give a quick discussion here on the IMT uh, for the vaccines. Hot off the press, just from last night, um, the end date for the county pods, which in our jurisdiction would be Soca and Santa Ana College, is June fifth. So when June 5th rolls around, those pods will be closed and the plan is that they will be mobile. So somehow the county will continue to have vaccines available, but they'll be on the road moving around and that'll be the time that we actually pull back and pull our resources whether that's the command and general staff, the uh, IC, uh, the pod directors or the uh, medics that are at the pods back and uh, back into our system. So Uh, that's just an update for the imt Um, and i'll jump right into the firefighter paramedic academy 53 Um, just some background on it we started with a little over 200 applicants Uh, after hr went through the applicants there was around 90 that were eligible to move forward and take the written Uh, five didn't pass the physical agility and there was a total of 53 that went through to our, um, interview and our assessment center. Uh, at the end of that 39 total, uh, are doing chiefs interviews. That's kind of where we are today. Um, they're each individually going through and obviously the next step will be backgrounds. Um, and then they'll have to take their uh, physical at the doctors. So, um, Phil, I'll just kind of kick it over to you real quick. Um, Academy 53, I think you got the start and stop dates and what the plans are for them.
1: Yeah, so Academy 53 is going to uh, get started up here in, uh, in summer, uh, in August, uh, with a December graduation date. And, of course, we're always looking forward to uh, any additional staffing that, uh, that we can acquire for the uh, OCFA.
0: All right. You want to jump right into the UTV? I know we took delivery of a UTV. Um, it's going to be used for uh, remote rescues. Uh, it'll be the first one that we have right now, and I know you have been working on it um, with some of the division chiefs. You want to elaborate a little bit about
1: the UTV? Yeah, absolutely. So the UTV right now is going to be a pilot program, and the UTV is there to be the stopgap measure uh, for a remote uh, medical aids. Uh, if the helicopter is either busy with something else like it may be another remote uh, Or maybe the sheriff's helicopter isn't available for whatever reason or the helicopter is grounded uh, Due to weather conditions and we've had that from time to time Nevertheless the rescue still needs to be made So with that uh, The pilot program it should be starting out at fire station 15 We're not sure of the date yet because we are still working on uh, buttoning up some loose ends And some of those are uh, just with training, Uh, the SOP is still being developed and there will be a process and certification to uh, drive it. And as far as outfitting the rig, we're still working on those. It's to be able to uh, hold the Stokes uh, litter on there as well as lighting, uh, numbering, putting stripes on the OCFA identification and uh, communications uh, equipment uh, as well. So stay tuned for that one. That's going to be a good addition to to our arsenal. With the UTV, it, uh, it will be staffed by the personnel at the fire station that it's at. And once again, the pilot program, it should be starting at station 15. Now, there is a training and a qualification program. Not just anybody can jump on this UTV and take it out. As you well know, there's, uh, there's inherent risks with taking this out off-road. And then, of course, you are transporting a patient on this thing. So this isn't just jump in and go. There will be a complete uh, uh, process with certification, including a, a taskbook um, and back to the training, a formal training program. We will be sending people through for a train the trainer program from a, a professional outfit that will be paying to to uh, to provide this. And then after that, the training program will go on if. In case there is days where maybe there are not operators at that station, because once again, you've got to be qualified to do it, then uh, it will not be available for use at that point.
0: Okay, that brings us uh, to the next topic. It's kind of in the weeds with an SOP. Um, This SOP is the Wildland Strike Team in-county and out-of-county response. Uh, it's definitely applicable for uh, today's podcast because if you're following um, the weather and the season that uh, is potentially going to be upon us here quickly, it looks like it has the potential to be another um, uh, busy fire season. The fuel moistures are at their all-time low, much lower than last year. So we've redone this SOP. It was it was outdated and there's always a lot of questions and, and we're thinking that this will this update will help answer a lot of those questions and it's not out yet it should be here soon i'm still uh working through some of the last minute pieces of it and thanks to chief petro and thanks to steve korea from and buddy brown from the local um we're kind of all collaborating on this uh and, and it should be out soon but the nuts and bolts of it is um It's going to explain the new strike team configurations. As most of you are aware, we have three type 1 strike teams and three type 3 strike teams. Uh, The three type 3 strike teams haven't been activated yet. We're kind of waiting for this SLP to come out. And if it doesn't, then we'll just go ahead and uh, do that by the end of the month here, the end of May. We'll, uh, We'll go ahead and implement that. And that'll help clear up a lot of who's up, when they're up, and what strike teams are going out. It also goes over the new uh, schedule and the colors of the units that uh, I've talked about before. But as a review, um, we'll have three strike teams um, that are type ones, three that are type threes, and they'll all be based, they'll all be colors based off the shift calendar that we have. So they'll be on A shift, it will be the blue, and it'll be a type one and a type three, and B the same, and C the same. So it should make sense when it comes out. This is something that came out of Station 31, a Captain Fassati over there uh, brought it to us and we thought it made sense. And you can look at your schedule six months in advance and look and see if you were up that week or you're not up. Uh, some of the other things that this SOP uh, uh, covers is uh, travel. There's always questions on travel and feeding and hotels. And remember, that stuff's all based on the ordering mechanism Uh, on how you are ordered if you're ordered as a contract County strike team on maybe a 9300 strike team then you know you're on the CAL FIRE ticket we're a contract County and you're gonna get hotels every other night when you're working your 24-hour shifts if you're OES that's not the case on most of the OES assignments so just remember that that it's not a guarantee uh, for all these things it depends on the the ordering mechanism and who's ordering it and and what what you're actually ordered under and this SOP clears it up a little bit we've gone into some detail on the IMT or overhead or single resource response your guidelines and where you are Um, driving times for safety uh, has been an issue in the past and and we I think we've been pretty good at the last few years and this helps reemphasize those driving times for everyone Um, rules of engagement Radio frequencies while you're traveling. Um, that, that's just it in kind of a nutshell overall. Um, it'll be a good one when it gets out. Uh, and that's all I got to say about that. Good.
1: I have, uh, and along with that SOP, uh, one of the things you're probably all waiting for is the 2021 fire season uh, memo. I've got that pretty much ready to go. I want to release that about the same time the uh, the SOP is uh, coming out uh, because there will be a little bit of cross-pollination, if you will, between those uh, two documents. And just remember, overall with this fire season, yes, we, we're going to send people out and it's based on a lot of things. But the number one thing that we always will keep in mind here is making sure our own dirt is covered within the county here before anybody goes out uh, to anywhere.
0: All right, uh, then the last topic I'll wrap it up here with is um, we're gonna finish with some health and safety. Uh, We'll talk about the particulate flash hoods that are gonna be delivered here soon. Uh, Everyone will be getting two of these. Um, Thanks to uh, Ron Roberts and the equipment committee assistant chief black uh lee cabrera with local 3631 they all collaboratively worked and did some testing and these are the top of the line flash hoods that are out there they filter out particulate cancerous type material um ocfa did a huge uh testing review research and we found out to the end that these were the best of the best so um we budgeted for them We've got finance covered right now, and we are in the process of ordering those and getting them out to each individual. So um, hopefully by the end of this month, um, we'll have that uh, information to you. And with that, I'll I'll just cover a couple last minute bullet points here, just some updates. Um, First thing, the vaccinating the sheltered homeless in OCFA's jurisdiction, Uh, if you're unaware, OCFA... Uh, assembled a team to go out and find the sheltered homeless and vaccinate that is complete RT 130 has been developed and is now out in the field it's a great read it was done by Duke Juarez and training um, was kind of the lead along with all kinds of other partners make sure you guys get on that and uh, get through it there's some great information in there for your safety um, FGS training has started and progressing well, uh, all the feedback I've received has been, um, great. I actually went down there one day and, uh, lots of smiling faces and, and participation and really the training is there for, uh, your safety and your survival some really good stuff. Um, so when your t- time comes up from TAG, uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy that. And that's all I have for quick updates. Um. Chief, any final thoughts from you?
1: I just want to thank you for having me here today and I just want to say I'm proud for uh, I'm proud of everybody that is out there serving the OCFA. Just please keep continue to serve please keep continuing to serve with professionalism, courtesy, and dedication. You do it every day. Keep up the great work. Thank you.
0: Okay, and uh, in closing, uh, just so The next time, um, my guest will be Assistant Chief Black. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Stay safe out there.